The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brenton. I'm your host. Thursday, January 30th, very special episode planned for today. We're going to get the perspective from a couple of radio guys that are close to both the Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, actually, in reverse order, because first we chatted with Joe Fortenbaugh of 95-7, the game in San Francisco. Good friend of mine, Joe Fortenbaugh. We also talked about Fish, the band. You want to hear that. Then super friend Sean Wagner McGuff spreads his interview wings, actually contributes to the podcast for once by chatting up Bob Fesco of 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. That's followed by a slew of great interviews from our CBS Sports HQ set on Radio Row. These are big names, headliner names. Debo booked them all. We chatted with Saquon Barkley, Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, the Griffin brothers, Shaquem and Shaquille, Jamal Adams, and Tariq Cohen. It's going to be a killer episode. Get you ready for Super Bowl. Friday's the big pick show, so make sure to download, subscribe, rate, and review. Enjoy the show, everybody. All right, as mentioned, we're going to do team-by-team breakdowns of the Super Bowl. So to do so, good buddy, longtime friend, Joe Fortenbaugh, 957 The Game, fellow fish fan. We, you can, you're open about your fish fanhood, right? I am, and I'm quite excited because Summer Tour was just released. They're not coming to North Carolina, I'm furious! I know, I would be too, but every other year they come west, so this is my year. They're ah, coming west. There you go. Uh, they, they're playing Harvey's, which is one of my all-time favorites. It's my wife's first shows, the Tahoe Tweezer. From, oh wow. Like seven years ago was yeah, her yeah. first shows. See, legit fish fan. Yeah. They're, they're more than one. There oh, you go, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they're gonna go to LA and come up to San Francisco. Now usually at San Francisco they play Bill Graham. Yeah, right, right. Which right. is about two miles from where I live, two and a half. Yeah. So that, I thought I would never get closer to living close to a fish show. This time they're playing Chase Center, which is the Warriors' new building, which is two blocks. Whoa! So like, you live two, so you're I'm you right in two between block the Giants and the Warriors. So I am two blocks. That is from the, the dreams. That's the dream scenario. I wondered that though. Is it? I always like going to Dick's and kind of being on location. If, yeah, that's true. From my apartment with my kids running around. That's that's true. Well, so like in '99. Or, yeah, it's 99, because it was my freshman year at college. They played Reynolds Coliseum on NC State's campus. Oh which is, God. so like, me and my buddy drove back, he was, he was back from college at Richmond. We, we drove back from High Point to Raleigh. This is the end of 1.0. So this oh, is yeah. like- Oh yeah, this, dude, if you can find this show, it is fire. They, I mean, they, they annihilated. They played like, uh, a killer chalk test, I think, and they played like a camel walk in there anyway, but like, we were, we parked at my, you know, my, my dorm. And walked through campus to go see fish, which is just, oh, like, oh, in hindsight, oh, ridiculous. Oh, oh. Speaking of the comment you made earlier, real quick. So I saw you guys yesterday, and we scheduled this. And I'm like, this is perfect. And I was thinking about this later at night. You're, like, one of the first people I met in media. Yeah, like, yeah, we go way yeah, back. Same, I, the yeah. first time we met, and I knew you before this, but the first time we met face-to-face was Indianapolis. If you remember in that bar, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Freeman, Prisco, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, try, try, at the hotel bar, yeah, yeah. it was the Giants the JW, Patriots the JW Marriott. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, like, there's 
lot of people you meet, because you and I are like the same age. Yeah. Got married around the same time, kids at the yep. same time. And you look around and some people Dude. continue the wave and so many have dropped out. Yeah. It's like, man, 10, 12 years later, Brinson and I are still but, standing. But, yeah, it's crazy. But like, like if you look at like. As the, I just jinxed it, we're finished. Right, right. It's my final week. Super Bowl. I know. <laughs> but like if you look around at like the media and like what's, like what, like it's, we're like old like guys now it's yeah. crazy like I, I didn't i don't know how it happened like we were like the first guys on to like 2008 9 when twitter came out it's like we're trying, yeah, to, yeah, trying yeah, to optimize yeah, that yeah, yeah. trying to make a name for ourselves yep. like you you were still writing blogs where people still go read websites but all your news Schefter's not breaking it on websites anymore it's like twitter yeah yeah and like but like we were i think at one point my boss made me he like i was like i need a promotion he's like i you know what this guy's whining about his promotion enough. And EK, my boss, is, is still, he's still here. He still runs podcasts. Debo reports directly to him. Uh, but he, uh, he's like, fine, I'll make you a senior NFL blogger. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. He's like, you don't get any more, I don't think you give me more money, but it's like, it's like a running joke at the office. It's like, I'm a senior. Senior looks good. Yeah. Senior yeah, yeah. looks good. Now it's like, I, this guy's really been around. He's been in the trenches. Right, right. But they were like, they were like, what the F is a senior NFL blogger? Like, that's like, what a clown show. You created the profession. Exactly. So there we go. We blogged our faces off. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's dive into this game. So you, you're out, you're out in the heart of it. Like you point out, like you're two yeah. blocks from the Warriors. We talked about this a little bit, um, just before we started doing the show. What, what is the vibe with, 49ers fans are they coming out of the woodwork bandwagoning etc like every fan base does but like has this been a a team that because like, people were ripping like they're like ah oh, like they don't even fill out like they don't even sell out the stadium when they're winning like is this a team that has legitimate support out there is it yeah. interest but it's 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 very very unique especially for me because I'm from the East Coast right so I grew up an hour from Philadelphia so you live and die with everything like To might be coming to the Eagles. You're not working. Yeah, You're yeah, tracking PFT. You're doing yeah, whatever you yeah, need yeah, to yeah. do to find out if TO's coming yeah. to those Eagles. It means the world yeah. to you. I mean, like you, like you guys like have like live trackers for like ha, like has like a website like has Ben Simmons made a three yet? Yes, or like, you know, exactly. Like, it's yeah. just it's 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 crazy. But I think that also goes hand in hand with weather because when you're not outdoors at all in the winter, mm, you got nothing to do. Football's going to mean the world to you. So now I'm living in San Francisco where and Eric Davis, former Niner quarterback, yeah, yeah. he's got this great line for all the young guys who move there, and he's like, you got to realize people have better expletive to do. Sure. That's why you don't, because college football is nothing out there. Yeah. You're in the heart of it. I'm a huge, I'm a Big Ten yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. College football doesn't even register. Like we, all, we never talk about it. Like our Saturdays, like, it's like, where is the tailgate? Like my wife's like, right. you you don't cover college football. Like, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you spending your Saturday away from your family at these football games? And like out there, it's like, yeah. It's like, we're going yeah. To, yeah. Exactly. So then there's an interesting dynamics with the fact that this team was good. They leave Candlestick, which is an iconic venue. It's yeah. like Veterans Stadium. It's like uh, the Meadowlands, all that stuff. And when they leave, they don't stay close. They go an hour south to Santa Clara. Yeah, we were at so the Super Bowl. It sucks. Right. So you, now this is seen as a big slap in the face to all these diehard fans. that You're still the Niners. And every time you play on Monday or Sunday, they show the Golden Gate Bridge and Alcatraz and all that. But it's not that. It's, it's not Santa, even Santa Clara. Clara. It's not even, yeah. Right. So now you got fans who are pissed off. Then, right when you get into the stadium, the team goes into crapper, so it's a bad product, and half the stadium sits in this glaring heat mm. for a big portion of the year. Mm. So people had problems with everything. They are just very angry. But this year, when it turned around, everything changed. You stopped hearing about the heat. You stopped hearing about whether or not there were going to be big swaths of empty seats. The Browns game on Monday night changed it because they opened with two road games. They're at Tampa, at Cincy, won them both. So people are getting excited. And they were looking good. Yeah, like the defense looking, was popping. Shanahan's got the run game going. They yeah. survived the Pittsburgh game playing yeah. awful. And then they get the bye. And then they host Baker Mayfield on Monday night, which before the season started, it's like, man, that might be the real litmus test what, game. What was the, what was the spread of that game? 
Oh, it was, I think, Niners minus one. Right, exactly. They, the Niners were actually a dog to, to the on Bengals. the look ahead. No, the Bengals, they were a dog they to were the Bengals. They were a dog, Bengals, to, the Bengals, were dog like, to the Bucks. Too. In hindsight, is insane, but like that tells you like what what we thought of this team yes. coming into the season. They had the number two overall pick. Yeah. And so then it's like, all right, they're a one-point fa- home favorite against the freaking Browns, and they thrashed them. Thrashed. First play of the game, I mean. Uh, pick six, right? There was, was one touchdown. There was one first down. I was at a concert. I skipped, Odo that was Beckham. When I, uh, skipped the podcast. <laughs> I was at seeing Luna, the band Luna. I don't know if you're good? Right. Yeah, great, great. I'll, I'll have to write that one down. We yeah, clearly yeah. have are old school. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. Taste. yeah, yeah, yeah. You should check it out. <laughs> but, yeah, they won that game. Brita on the first offensive play for the Niners. That's right, jailbreak. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. They blew them out, and now everyone was like, okay, maybe this team's legit. But at every turn, because we're not used to them being good, yeah. it's, is Garoppolo legit? Well, you haven't really played anybody. And then there was the swing where they hammer Green Bay. They play really well at Baltimore but come up short. Then they go to New Orleans and get the win, yeah. and people are buying in. So it turned it's, I mean, the place is loud. It's packed. It's back, but it's a unique atmosphere. It's a, you got to remember, it's a tech city. So in in Philly, in New York, in Boston, people are walking around in the gear all season. Yeah, people. Are, you don't see as much of that in San Francisco. It's very different. That's very fair. Different. All right, how do you think the fans will show out in Miami? Will they show out? Yeah. Oh yeah, because it's a it's a, it's a wealthy fan base. Sure. So you're gonna have a ton of Silicon Valley coming in to pay these prices. Okay. The real question is, but like, so like you talk about the Philly thing. Like, did were you there in Minnesota? I, I was not. I was okay. not. Uh, that so, was. There's a whole story to that. It's not a good story. Because because you know that was, but I got the win regardless. Right, you got, yeah, yeah. That's well, the team. So, yeah, yeah. well, I didn't. I just didn't know. Uh, me and Breach did a lap around the stadium beforehand, and like I was telling this on the podcast the other day, like I have never been in an environment like that. Like you could sense for a Super Bowl. For a Super Bowl, covered, I've covered ten of them. No, but I'm saying like I always do a lap like an hour before the game, and usually it's like eh, like fans are walking around and getting a little loose and like having drinks, and like this was like every. It was all Eagles fans, and they were just like ravenous and they knew it was at stake and they knew what they had to do oh, yeah. and like you could like feel it it was like it was like terrifying but like i knew it was, i didn't feel da- like in danger but it was like terrifying <laughs> and like, but, like we're not gonna get that from niners fans i don't think it's gonna feel like that but yeah. you are gonna get a really nice crowd for this game i think it's gonna be tough in the sense that the chiefs are coming in in full force too you haven't been to a super bowl in 50 years i think the chiefs will be closer to the eagle chiefs fans will be closer to eagles fans i don't think like niners fans will be like like Patriots fans or anything like that, but I just don't know. Like that's just my guess, my educated no, guess. No, I think it's a pretty good guess. I think it's a you pretty good what, like, guess. Like, I mean, like I'm a redneck, so I can call Chiefs fans rednecks. <laughs> They're like a bunch of like Midwestern rednecks who are like amped up at the idea of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid finally win- like win- the Chiefs finally getting one. And I, I work with Lorenzo Neal, who spent a lot of years uh, with the Chargers in San Diego. Sure. To this day, he will always tell you of all the places he's played, he's played Tennessee, he's played Baltimore. Arrowhead always ranks at the top. He said you would pull into that stadium, and the the road is just lined with Chiefs fans. They're going. Crazy. They're there at like 6 a.m. Yes, but the, he's always would say they're great people. It's not like they're throwing batteries like some unnamed fan bases, <laughs> things of that nature. But he would always say they would yell and scream and the, the national anthem and the home of the Chiefs. Yeah. He always brings that up. I think that you're going to see, I mean, it's all red. It's the first ever all red Super Bowl. Two teams with primary, that primarily wear red. So the, the place is going to look fantastic. But yeah. I, I don't, I don't, if I had to project, I think I, I put it right near 50-50. It's a terrible answer, but these are two fan bases. One is wealthy, and the yeah. other one, you know, they're going to have their wealthy come. But uh, the Chiefs just—when you go on this long without a Super Bowl and people love the team like that, you're coming. The Chiefs fans are going to uncork like 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 home, home equity lines. Yeah, you know, the Forty Nine <laughs> fans are gonna just going to like drop like whatever. Cash in like, some of their Twitter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 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 exactly it. Um, what do you think about this game? Do you think uh, I love this game? I love this game. I, I, so, so Joe, to me, it's weird because it's a great game. Yeah. And it's an awesome offensive-defensive matchup. And I think football fans, hardcore football fans, will love it. I don't know that it, like, has the pop and sizzle of 
previous Super Bowls, though. That's a that's a okay. So I've been trying to wrestle with that too. New like, England's it out. Me what does that Falcons. mean? What does it mean when New England's out? It's, because it's been three years of the Patriots. Everyone always wants to say I'm well, sick of the Patriots, but like they. This do is my ten, this is my tenth Super Bowl, and five of them have been the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, and they're almost always good Super Bowls. Even the Rams, which was a bad game, was a was a close game and like a you know an entertaining game. So like to me. It's it's people trying to fill the void. Like we don't know. We're living in this post Patriots world. And do we you do, like the idea of it not being a Patriots? Yes, Super Bowl? I love it. Yeah, but like we don't know what to do without the Patriots here. Yeah, I, that, I think it opens up a whole world of um, Patriots Super Bowls force you to make a choice. You're either a Patriot fan or you hate the Patriots. Yeah, that's how it yep, works. It's like yep. with the Yankees, it's like with Notre Dame. Now, if you come into this one and you're not a fan of either fan base, it's kind of like ooh. Do I like the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid angle? Yeah. Do I hate Tyreek Hill and I want to root against him? That's a good... Do I want to back the Niners because Garoppolo? So I mean, Garoppolo stands to gain so much this week. Once the world gets a look at that face, I'm telling you, I know it sounds crazy, but, but, but he goes you, out and plays like, well. Right, so like, when is this podcast airing? I don't know. Uh, so this is Thursday show. But like, we're recording this Welcome on Wednesday. Welcome to Thursday. We're yeah. speaking to you in the, in the, in the past. We always, we've always do in the future. It's very <laughs> bizarre. Uh, but so this is, we're recording this on like Wednesday at 1, 1 15, right? Yeah. Eastern time. Like, shouldn't the world have already seen Jimmy G? You would think. Like, We've talked about it forever it just, as, as it guys who it. Like, like, to me, these are two superstar quarterbacks. Even if Jimmy G's not, like, a elite franchise-level guy right now, like, these, like, two, like, Mahomes is, like, they're both different handsome. Like, Jimmy G is stunning, like, dates, you know, film stars. Uh, yes, those in the industry. <laughs> yeah, <adult film laughs> those stars. who are in show business. <laughs> right, show, show business. <laughs> and, uh, and, but like, Mahomes is like the reigning MVP. It just, uh, it doesn't feel like the quarterbacks are getting the same pop. I don't know, know it why. It, 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 if you took either guy and put him in Baker Mayfield's commercials, it'd be a completely different Maybe story. Maybe that's true. We see Mayfield all year long outside of, like, I gotta remove myself because I see Garoppolo every day, but where's Garoppolo if you're in a situation where you're watching on TV, you might see him for prime time, but where else do people see Garoppolo? That's fair. And where else do people see uh, Mahomes? He's now in that one commercial where he's pouring the ketchup all over the yeah, state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People might not, not recognize famous. or know because he went to Texas Tech, too. My, my wife wouldn't know who Patrick Mahomes is, I don't right. think. And, and she's around you all day where you're talking about this yeah, nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. She might be like, is that the handsome backup from Tom Brady? Like she, like she, but she wouldn't. Be, I would, if I was like Jimmy Garoppolo, she'd be like, "Okay, sure, whatever." You I know, mean, this is going to be so big because we, you, you know this as well as anyone. Every year, there's an announcement months before the Super Bowl as to who the Super Bowl halftime act is. Yeah. And every year, uh, diehard NFL fan loses his mind because it's not geared towards him. Yeah. In the Bay Area, I, I was living there. Everyone outraged. It was not Metallica. How could they not go to Metallica? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Metallica plays or their own show. Atlanta. At it's like, well, how can they not do Ludacris? It's like, right. uh, because yes. they can't do Ludacris. It's very obvious because yeah. all of us, diehard meathead, yeah. is watching that game no matter who's the halftime show. Right. They want to appeal to the people at the Super Bowl party who might not not care about the game. Yep. Welcome to Justin Timberlake and Shakira and J Lo. Sure. Right, so that's what you got. The Garoppolo getting exposed on that level, like once they start showing him, that's going to gain attention. Okay. Especially if it's a big game and they plaster him everywhere. So the guy's personality is killer. Like he's he's meant to be the guy for sure. It just needs and, that and, big and game. And maybe maybe it'll be maybe it'll ramp up as the weekend goes along too for like the casual fans. So that's a good point. All right, what do you think about this game and, and how do you see it playing out? I love the contrast and styles that we're going to have yeah. here. The one thing that I keep coming back to is I think there's a little bit of recency bias with what we've watched in the playoffs. I think with the Chiefs, you have a lot of people who are very excited 
because of what they just did to Houston and Tennessee. Yep. We don't see comebacks like that against Houston. And then to do it again against Tennessee, we love offense. We're all wired and predisposed to be fans of scoring, offense, and quarterbacks. And that's what they deliver. This, so is, what I'm, this is what I'm worried about, too. Right. So everyone's very excited about that. Then you look at the Niners. It's like, well, Garoppolo only threw 27 passes. This guy can't hack it. Well, all these takes this week about Ken Garoppolo hanging a shootout. Go watch the Saints game. Like, yes, he's done yeah, yeah. it. So I think there are these people that we we knew the Chiefs were good because we saw them in the AFC Championship last year. We predicted them to be good because we thought a lot of us thought they were going to the Super Bowl this year. They're going to be close, so that's two. And then they went out and they played well and they put up big numbers. Niners weren't really supposed to be here, so everyone's kind of a little cautious. That's why I think there's a little bit of value on the Niners. Remember, Green Bay was 14-3, and three, and then all of a sudden everyone thought they were crap. Yeah. The Vikings had just beaten the Saints, but then yeah. all of a sudden they were crap. Yeah. Not good teams make you look like crap. They can play defense. They can run. They can throw. And here's the thing. If you're Steve Spagnuolo, I'll ask you this. What are you game planning for? They just ran the ball 87 times in two weeks. They crushed two teams only running the ball. Do you sell out to stop the run? Because if you do, Garoppolo is going to have his choice to throw all over the field. And he has he has weapons. Like the weapons yeah. are there. Like Devo, Samuel, you're a Carolina guy. Yeah, yeah. I know you're not South Carolina, but he man, that, that uh, Devo Samuel did a one handed catch against NC State in the end zone <laughs> is, in, before his his next last year. Yeah, I, I saw knew him. you'd have yeah, one, yeah, like yeah, one yeah, frame yeah. there. We caught. I was like, that guy should be a first round pick. And that was a year. That was. But I think he got injured his junior year right before that. Yeah, a little Devo's a stud. Yeah, and like they and. Our Debo's a stud, too. But, um, uh, it's a good name. It's yeah. a really good name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Debo I come across, I uh, Friday, you, Debo, Debo Samuel. Samuel. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pretty nice and name. Like George Kittle's a monster. I, you don't think they, the 49ers can blow out the Chiefs, do you? I'm, I, no. I mean, there's, I don't think there's an outcome that would totally floor me. But either team pulling off a blowout, it, it kind of would. I could see the Chiefs blowing out the 49ers if only because, like, they get them completely out of game script, right. and Jimmy G has to throw forty times. Exactly, like that could turn into a blowout. I think because the secondary for the Chiefs is better than people think. I don't see a way that the Forty ers pull off what the Seahawks did to the Broncos. I just Are don't. The Chiefs poss- are capable of being blown out when you have that offense. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think you can because even out. like even like the Broncos that year against the Seahawks and the Seahawks were a better defense than the Forty ers I mean, we agree, right? The Legion of Boom in two thousand thirteen. I went through some of the numbers. It's closer than people think, but yes, it's still Seattle. Okay, okay. Yeah, still yeah, Seattle, but, but like. That Broncos team was not built to, like, fire over top of you. And their defense sucked. That yeah. was before they revamped them. hundred percent. They yeah. averaged 38 points in, like, 460 yards a game. Yep. And they were completely off the plan on the first play after the yep, safety. Yep, yep, exactly. But, like, the Chiefs, if, they, if they're down... They're like, all right, we're going to throw 40 shot plays to right. Tyreek Hill, and like three of them are going to hit. And I, they'll get, they'll work their way back into it, I think. So look at their losses this year. They lose, what, 19-13 to the Colts, when yep. the Colts ate up almost 40 minutes and ran the ball, yep. not a blowout. They lost the following week to Houston by a touchdown. Where Same deal. It was very similar. They lost the Green Bay game, which was close, but that was Matt Moore, so we'll throw it out, but still close, yeah, even yeah, with yeah. Matt Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the fourth one was the Tennessee game, which came down to the wire, yep. right? Like they missed. They and that was a, a wild, crazy game with like right. multiple comebacks. They do not strike me as a team. And, and that's, you know what? The Niners are the same way their three losses were all competitive losses. So yeah. I, I don't see I, – neither – the Chiefs do not strike me as a team capable of – So you're going 49ers out. in a close game. I do like the Niners. I like what the defense brings. I like the fact that what they need to do to win is what they've been doing all year. Okay. They can run the ball. You can pick five or six yards up at a clip. You control the clock. They were fourth like in the under possession. Two, well, okay, so we talked about that today. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's I'm going to have to bet it because I'm a degenerate. I'm going to yeah, have yeah, to have action sure. on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not know which direction I want to go with that. I because think- I do you want to bet an under against the Chiefs and watch them nope. rattle off 21 and a quarter? Nope. And the Niners could score two. But do you want to play the over with everyone on earth nope. and then watch these teams come out and feel each other out? And if, they, if you get a slow first quarter and or, and or a 49ers lead, it's going under. 
I live bet might be the way to do it. It might just be a live bet. Wait or, to or see how first it, half, how under, flow. second half over, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, live bet. Yeah. Wait to see how the flow plays out and then get involved. That might be actually because right we're move. gonna get points. Yes. So, like, if you can get a slow first quarter and then you can hit the over, or a fast first quarter, then you hit the under. I think one of those two things can work out. And traditionally, I think the Super Bowl they always stack the odds, which will be the higher scoring half. Second half is always juicy. way yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, so you got to sure, figure sure, history sure. dictates yep. that. Um, all right, we got to get out of here. Great stuff, Joe Ford. About multiple time. Uh, podcast yeah. guest. I love this. This yeah. is always so it's easy. Always fun, you are very charismatic. It's easy to speak with you. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Sean, your favorite super friend of the Pick 6 podcast. Joined right now by Bob Vesco, 610 Sports Radio, Kansas City. Bob, thanks for joining us. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. So how's your Super Bowl week been? We're talking on today's Tuesday, Debo? Tuesday? Um, sorry, Wednesday. Wednesday. Wow, I know. It's only they, been three days. Going so fast exactly. already, huh? And the Chiefs have very early media sessions this week. 8 a.m. Um, requires getting on the media bus at 6 a.m. Uh, what are your vibes so far of the team and... Is it any different than you would say the previous um, four months of the year? Well, I mean, you're, you're complaining about a 6 a.m. wake-up call. My goodness, we're up at 345, so, you know, you get to sleep an extra, like, three hours compared to what we're doing. But it, it's been it's been great. I mean, this is our first time, you know, covering our team in the Super Bowl. We've done Super Bowls before, but nothing like this, nothing to this magnitude where we're, at, we're actually here because our team is here. And it's been really, really cool, and it's been great for the city, and it's been great for us, man. It's been a lot of fun. So something that's been kind of frustrating for me as, like, a national writer is that at these media sessions, like the Chiefs players aren't really giving you much. Like, and I think that's by design. I actually think the 49ers, by comparison, seem a little bit looser. Um, the Chiefs seem just really focused. Um, and they're not really giving anything or like, like they had multiple chances on opening night, um, to take some shots at Richard Sherman if they wanted to. And it was nothing but, you know, Tyreek Hill, I can't wait to go up against him. Um, I mean, do you agree about that? They no, seem I really, mean, that, 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 that's the way they've always been. I mean, that, that's kind of the mindset their head coach has. He doesn't take any shots. He's very vanilla. And, and this is an organization that, you know, kind of prides itself that way. They're not going to create any waves. They're not going to say anything kind of out of the ordinary to get themselves in trouble to create that bolt and board material. Every once in a while, they'll say something. I think a couple of weeks ago, Tyreek Hill said, Nobody can cover us in the NFL. He was right about that. Nobody <laughs> covered them in the NFL. And then Frank 
Clark has got some beef with D Ford for whatever reason, and they didn't ever even play together in Kansas City. So we've got that going on. But yeah, but for the most part, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are are giving you a, a, a good kind of uh, cliched quote every chance they get. Do you get the sense that Andy Reid maybe feels, I, I guess for his second Super Bowl and he's been around for as long as he he has, do you think there's added pressure for him to win this one, or do you think he's actually more relaxed because he has been around who, for so who, long? Who, do you, who are you saying the pressure from? From himself or from like people nationally or like because from himself? I don't think from himself at all. Like I, I think Andy Reid just likes to coach football, and this is just another game. I mean, this is just another opportunity for him to go out there and coach football. Obviously, he knows the magnitude of this game, but I don't think he puts pressure on himself. I think he genuinely is just a guy who likes to design plays, likes to create plays, likes to put people in position to be successful, and and I. I think he's looking at this as like, man, we get another opportunity to go out and do this. This is fun. Do you then think he finds like the whole media hoopla of all of this week frustrating? Like he actually reminds me in a way, uh, like both him and Bill Belichick, um, they're not going to again give you that much bulletin board material. The difference I think is that when Belichick does it, it looks like he's having open heart surgery. Right? It looks right. he looks pained about doing it. Reed looks like he's on vacation every time he's talking. Um, I mean, do you think he doesn't like the hoopla, though, how he has to speak every single day leading up to the game? Well, I think probably, but, you know, he he understands what it's about. I mean, the, the Super Bowl is such a different beast. Everybody's got to speak every day, and you got to answer the same questions over and over and over again. And it's not like it's a long period of time. I mean, what is it, an hour max a day that they have to do that? And then they go about their business, and they go about and practice, and, and he's getting it out of the way first thing of the day, so it's nothing that he has to, you know, sit around and stress about. But, you know... I I, I think ultimately none of these coaches and players would want to talk to the media. I, I think I think the media kind of did a hatchet job on on what Frank Clark said yesterday. I don't think he was taking shots at D Ford. Everybody made it out to say, "Oh, this guy's taking shots at D Ford." And you go back and listen to it, you're like, "No, he's just saying what the truth is." Like that penalty by D Ford last year was a dumb penalty. And and, and D Ford has agreed that yes, you, right. you can't line up offsides you, like you that. You can. And last year D Ford was saying the same thing about what Andy Reid was telling him to get over that. Yeah. Uh, look, everyone nationally, whether it's a Super Bowl playoff. Off, pays attention to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he's just like Andy Reid, though. Like he seems really cool. Uh, he's a cool customer. He's not really giving anything. Um, what have your impressions been covering Mahomes every single week? Is he any different this week um, than he has been the previous? No, and that's what that's what makes him so special. He's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play. And and Me I've too. talked to a lot of people already this week, former quarterbacks, former players, and I said this is the way I feel. I think he's the best quarterback that I've ever seen. And not one person's disagreed. I mean, the the kid is smart. He doesn't make mistakes. He can beat you with his arm. But where he's really crushing people now is with his legs. And I'm not just talking about that 27 yard run. I'm talking third and nine, getting ten. I'm talking third and four, getting seven. Like creating the opportunity to extend drives and just really stab the opponent in the back and just you know leave him kind of there on the field like he has the ability to do that he's beating you all sorts of ways and he'll never put his team in a position to lose and so he's been the same he's cut from the Andy Reid cloth they're like perfect for each other it's almost like a father son he's mimicking his dad whatever the dad <laughs> says to do he's going out there and he's doing that it's been a great relationship and it's been so much fun for us to watch I've never heard that comparison but now I'm stealing it the father son thing yeah the Actually, some, one thing that did surprise me credit. this week. <laughs> well, I don't know. We're national writers. We like to steal from beat writers that, all that the time. That is true. Um, the Chiefs defense, you know, I, I think they're better than the perception um, throughout the whole year. They really started peaking after midseason. What struck me is that they are very confident. Talking to Reggie Ragland, uh, Tyron Matthew, uh, 
what are your impressions of watching this Chiefs defense gain that confidence over the course of the season? Well, it seems like they're peaking right yeah, now. Yeah, they are, and I'm not surprised by it because I told everybody this is what was going to happen when they hired Steve Spagnolo. I'm a Giants fan, and so I watched that team in 2007 start out very, very bad, give up 80 points in their first two games of the season, and it looked like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be a terrible hire. What did they do with the Steve Spagnolo? And then week three, they made a big stop on fourth and goal against the Redskins, and they started to buy into that defense. And when they hired Steve Spagnolo, I said that day, I said, we're not talking about this defense until at least October. We're not talking about how bad it is, how poor it is. We're not mentioning this defense until at least October. It's going to take time. And by midseason, they'll be playing better football. And by midseason, they started to play better football. Had a great performance against the Denver Broncos when Mahomes got injured, and it kind of just took off from there. They had a couple of downs, but more importantly, they were gaining confidence. They were believing in themselves, and they all bought into Spags' system. But Ty made a big, uh, big statement himself when he said after the Houston game that they lost, if we don't get people to start buying in and doing what we're supposed to, do. We're not going to get to where we need to get to. And that was a big statement by him, and they all bought into that. And this defense is doing exactly what I said it would be doing, and it's peaking right at the right time. And speaking of Tyron Matthew, uh, it seems like every time you talk to maybe not the stars on the defense, they always cite Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark and their leadership. How much has their addition, in addition to Spags, you think impacted this defense? Well, it's huge. you, you got to have those people inside the locker room believing what the coach is saying. If you don't have your leaders buying into and believing what the coach is saying, you're never going to be able to go out there and execute it. And, and Ty and Frank Clark have been huge leaders on this team. I mean, you can make the comparison that Ty Matthews had the effect on this defense from a leadership standpoint that Michael Strahan did on that Giants defense in 2007 when they held the, the New England Patriots to two touchdowns after an 18-0 and start to that season. So they are doing everything identical to that Giants defense. They've got a great rotation on the defensive line, but without Ty Matthew, without Frank Clark being the vocal leaders and the leaders inside that locker room, they wouldn't be here. I said this morning on my show on 610 in Kansas City that if they did not have Tyron Matthew, this team would not be in the Super Bowl. Do you think those leaders were missing last year? Of course, yeah. I mean, there were there were faux leaders on this team. People thought Eric Berry was a leader. He was not a leader of this football team. Justin Houston was not a leader on this football team. They really haven't had a leader on the defensive side since Derek Johnson left a couple of years ago. And so they were lacking a leader. They didn't have anybody to kind of shepherd them through the tough times. And when you, you change defensive coordinators, you change schemes, you need veteran leaders that have done it in, in a successful way to be those leaders. And the Chiefs identified Ty Matthew and Frank Clark right away and went out and got them and brought them in here more so for their leadership abilities and then their play abilities. You talk about leadership. I, at the 49ers media session, um, I think someone asked maybe George Kittle a question about how the 49ers coaching staff he thinks is going to go down as one of the all-time great coaching staff once all these people break off and um, get their own jobs. I actually think the Chiefs all-around coaching staff is a little bit underrated just because of how much attention Andy Reid gets. Sure. I mean, we talked about Spags. Dave Taub, Tobe, uh has been an incredible uh, special teams coordinator in this league for a long time. Do you think that gives the Chiefs an advantage, having all that experience on this? Well, I, I, I think it all yeah, – yes, it, it obviously does. I think Spags is a, is a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator, knows what it takes to win in a big game. Obviously, Andy Reid's been around 20 years. He knows how to coach and, and, and win games. You've got Dave Tobe, who's been around and been in a Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears. He's got that. But I think Eric Bieniemy gets so overlooked yeah. when, when we talk about coaches in this league. I don't know what he does X's and O's wise, but I'll run through that wall for Eric Bieniemy, and he's not my coach. Like, he can motivate guys. He can take you to the next level. And he's probably going to be the guy on Saturday night when everything's, you know, taken care of and they're getting ready to wake up the next morning. He's probably going to deliver that speech to the team on Saturday night. This is what's in front of you. This is the opportunity that you have. And he's going to get that team fired up. You cover the team every single day. Um, everyone nationally knows about Mahomes. They know about Tyree Matthew, Frank Clark, Tyreek Hill. Who's a player in this game you think 
that maybe we don't pay attention to nationally enough that you think will impact it? Mitchell Schwartz, right tackle for the Chiefs. I, I think he's he's the best right tackle in the game, and nobody ever talks about right tackles, first of all, but nobody ever talks about Mitchell Schwartz. He is unbelievable, and, and I think especially against the San Francisco defensive line, I think it's up to Mitchell Schwartz and the, and the other guy on the other side, Eric Fisher, who's been playing like a beast since he came back into uh, in, in, in the health mode, if you will. He, he's been awesome as well, so I think those two tackles are going to have a huge impact on this game. We actually just did our uh, all-decade team um, back in Jan- uh, back a few weeks ago, and we did have Mitchell Schwartz as our as our right tackle there. Very nice. That's a good uh, call by you guys. Yeah, and I, I think you're right because you look at the 49ers defensive front, that front four, they blitz, I think, the fourth lowest in the league because they can get they pressure can get with that there. four. Yeah. Um, and if, if they can get to Mahomes, that, I feel like that's the only chance that they potentially have to slow him down. Yeah, but. If they can get to Mahomes with four, it could be a, uh, it could be a long day. But this guy still makes plays that you'll, you've never seen before. He'll do something on Sunday and you'll go, I've never seen anything like that before. He's that amazing. The, I'm already thinking, cause there's people who watch the Super Bowl who don't really like football, but they just watch it right for the commercials sure. and all that. I'm really excited for them to see Patrick Mahomes if they have never watched Patrick Mahomes before. We, we kind of talked about that earlier in the week. Like he's going to be an Exposed to an entirely different audience, and people are going to see him for the first time. And if he goes out there and balls like everybody who watches football has seen him ball, his his value is just going to climb higher and higher and higher off the field. Bob, thanks for joining us. We really it. appreciate giving you the, giving us insight on the Chiefs. Thanks for um, have me. a good rest of the week. Yeah, you too. I'm Will Brinson, John Breach, Ryan Wilson, and now joining us on the set, Saquon Barkley. Thanks for having me. One man. of the most exciting players in football. You are brought to us on behalf of Old Spice, as we can see. Yes. Uh, Old Spice Ultra Smooth, specifically the new Old Spice Ultra Smooth line designed for guys who want dermatologist-tested formulas and subtle scents without compromising performances. You can buy Old Spice Ultra Smooth in stores now. I am happy to promote Old Spice because I'm just an Old Spice guy. Like, I've just yeah. used Old Spice, but my dad used it. I've used it my whole life. I love Old Spice, and I don't mind telling the world. I think uh, you, you did a really good job of it. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, you, you said it best. Uh, everyone, everyone loves Old Spice. Uh, everyone grew up on Old Spice. Um, that's something I've been using since I was a little kid. Um, you, you, everything you said, the dermatologist, uh, ultra smooth, uh, the new lines in stores right now. So you got to go get that. And, um, but here on Radio Row in Miami, uh, obviously I wish I was playing the Super Bowl, but I get to spend a lot of quality time with you guys. And I'll say, Brenton, I'm glad you use it because I've been walking around Miami with you. It's humid. You're sweating a lot. Uh, it is very important. You got to keep that stick nearby. We, we can't. What if we, we can't just risk. do? What if we just do 15? Like, I w- we just completely ignore the producers and talk for 15 minutes about deodorant and like see if like they're like, what are these guys doing? He's not asking me any questions about Eli or Daniel Jones. Um, so like, pretty big year of transition yeah. in New York, right? I mean, yeah. Eli's gone. Uh, incredible, you know, to see how, that, how. What was it like being a part of that? To, you know, to have him come in when Daniel, Daniel Jones gets injured and he gets to play you know, the, the final games in front of that crowd, the crowd cheer him on, and, and Coach Shermer pulls him out, and it just felt like a really special environment and something to be part of. Yeah, um, we kind of we kind of assumed that uh, Daniel Jones was coming back uh, the week after that, and sure. Miami was going to be the last chance uh, Eli gets in front um, of you know the, the New York Giants fans, and you know uh, we wanted to send him out on a good note. I remember me and Shep right before the tunnel. Uh, we literally told each other, said, let's do it. Let's go try to do what we can to get to, you know, that last win in front of the whole crown. And, um, you know, not only myself or in Shep, but the team, you know, we played at a high level. Um, we were able to get the win. But just the moment when 
he came off the field, I remember I was one of the people to, you know, kind of greet him. And uh, I remember just being on the sideline and having seen the fans chant his name saying, Eli, Eli, Eli. And, uh, you know, you could see the, 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 you know, how happy and, you know, uh, the smile that it brought to Eli's face. And um, it, it's just amazing to see a guy who gave a city so much for 16 years. And obviously it's sad to see him go. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to see how the fans reacted to him. You can feel free to follow oh, yeah, up Daniel Jones. Oh, so I was going to go up with all the change. What's that been like for you this offseason? Because you have, you know, Pat Shermer's out. You now have Joe Judge. Have you got a chance to talk to him or meet him? And how do you feel? Yeah, I got I got a chance to uh, talk to Coach Judge over the phone and in person. Um, he's he's no nonsense. Uh, yeah, he he's he's, <laughs> he's going to it's going to be strict, but it's going to be a good strict. It's what we need, you know. It's, it's just um he's going to be the guy that's going to come in here and set the standard. Uh, you know, uh, we're going to come together and make a common goal as a team. Uh, what we want to do as a team, and he, he you heard him say it best. He, he's not a guy that's going to mess around. He wants guys that want who loves football, who cares about the sport, um, and who want to come in and win. And um, I, I love the fact that we have him, our coach, and I'm really excited. Um, um, obviously, I wish the season was right now, but um, we got to wait. We can't. Even, we got to wait a couple more weeks before we even get to OTAs and to actually get under that system. And I just want to be able to open a playbook and get things rolling. Well, let me ask you this real quick, right? Because you said I wish it was the season right now. You're running back. You take hits. You take a pounding all season. How does your body feel? At the end of a football season, like, are you beat up? Or are you really ready to roll right yeah, now? I mean, rookie year, I felt good going at the end of the year, um, and then this year, I got banged up early in the year, so I was even healthier, kind of healthy at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think uh, it's not only that. I think you see what Derrick Henry kind of did towards the end of the year. Is um, we also take the pounding too, but we're delivering pounding too. Defenses and t- people got to tackle you consistently, consistently, consistently. And, and then especially in the playoff, I think you're seeing what the Titans was able to do um, and what the 49ers are doing. That's a big reason why they're during a, in a championship. No, take nothing away from Jimmy G. He's an amazing player, but uh, they have a great defense and they're able to run the ball. And, uh, you know, that's why they're probably my pick to win a, to win a Super Bowl this year. Oh, so. You I vol- wanna, uh, volunteered a Super Bowl pick. <laughs> I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. We had to drag it out of Jamal. Didn't, <laughs> didn't get it. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about a player playing this week. You played with him at Penn State, Anthony yeah. Zettel. I was introduced to Anthony Zettel on Monday night because he weighs, what, 250? 240? 258 as my back. So uh, he's, he's five six. He gave Anthony Zettel a piggyback ride at the media. And I can't squat as much as you, so. (laughs) That's impressive though, that's impressive. So, tell us about the video that went viral when you guys were both to Penn State, where it looked like he was doing some karate kid stuff in the locker room, hit you with a water bottle with some crazy roundhouse kick. What happened there? Yeah, he's, um, he's a freak athlete. A lot, a lot of people don't know that. He's, he's very freaky, uh, for his size and what he's able to do. I guess he used to do like kickboxing and stuff like that. And, uh, we came, I think, I don't know if it was like a practice or a workout. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the locker room and he's on like the freshman side and, uh, he's doing kicks and stuff like that. And we're like, kick a water bottle, kick a water bottle. And I'm over there hyping him up and he does a roundhouse kick. Oh man, literally just almost grazed my head. I kind of moved at the last second. Um, but you went down, right? Yeah, I went down, and it hit me though. I went down just out of kind of just out of fear, like oh my god. And um, I don't think I think if I if if he would have just put it a little bit to the left, um, definitely would have been concussed probably, um, and uh, might have had to sit out a little bit for my freshman year. But hey, other than that. did um did you feel like he came back a little too early from the ankle sprain? I mean, you got back quick, but it, it, it looked like, at least from afar, and you, you know your body better than anybody else, it looked like it took another maybe week or so when you got back for your full explosiveness to come back. 
Um, no, I don't think I came back too quick. I kind of re-injured the game I did came back, I okay. came back on the sideline. But other than that, I don't think I came back too quick. I saw myself uh, after the bye week and just watching film myself and, uh, you know, just trying to be a, my, my biggest critic. Uh, I saw I was hesitant with stuff like that. Uh, okay. um, so it wasn't that I wasn't physically able to do it. It was mentally being. Like connecting, the, about, yeah, connecting the, exactly. the ankle to the brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You put it well said, connecting the ankle to the brain. And then uh, once, once I, like, Got done with that and got rid of that phase. I was able to get back to who I am, and um, you know we, we kind of got rolling a little bit at the end of the year. But um, now, you know, I'm ready to get in the off season, grind and get better, and try to prove my game and uh, try to take it to another level in year three. How how do you think? How can the Chiefs slow down the running game of the 49ers? Because it's so intricate in what ter- terms of what they do, like with the pulling the guards and the explosiveness of Raheem motion and all that. What what would as a running back? What would you expect to see them try to pull off? Um, I mean, I, for for me, I, I feel like when I watch how defense attack me or defense attack other running backs, yeah. when they do a really good job, and when, when you see what the 49ers do on the opposite side, but take away space. Uh, space is a running back friend. You know, if you could take away space, uh, put you in a better position uh, to, to stop the running backs and stop the momentum. Um, you got to get to them before they get going, um, and that means reestablishing. Because they did that with Henry, exactly. they got him before he got his legs exactly. turning, and he couldn't he couldn't get going. Exactly. So it's it's, a, it's about reestablishing the line of scrimmage, and that's something that we preach on the offensive side of the ball uh, with the offensive lines. You reestablish the line of scrimmage. The game's over. The running, the running game is going to be ours all day. But so, vice versa, they got to do the same thing. Reestablish the line of scrimmage. Stop before he gets, before they get going. There's multiple running backs here that, that are very talented. Um, and you know that's probably going to be put in the best position, help them put him in the best position. Uh, conversely, do you find that Patrick Mahomes is just like you're one of the dudes on the list that we like to watch? Like in terms of like you got to watch every play because it's must-see TV, like when you rip off those long Thanks. runs. Mahomes is the same. Like, you yeah. and Mahomes are the same boat, right? I mean, he's he's a guy that you just have to watch all the time, isn't it? Yeah, he, he, he's very impressive. Um, you know, um, he, he can make any throw. Uh, you've seen a no-look, the jump passes. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I like the passion he plays with. You know, he plays with a lot of passion. He's a fiery dude. Uh, you can see him getting his team together on the sideline, especially they were down, like, what, 21, 24 points. Yeah, for nothing. And then um, to be able to. By the way, Andy Reid didn't look nervous because he looked over and said, "Oh, that's Patrick Mahomes." Exactly. <laughs> I got nothing to worry about. Exactly. So, um, you know, and you know, he has a he has a great core around him too. He has a great core around him too with uh, a lot of special players. So, um, I know I said 49 ers It's going to be hard. It ain't going to be as easy as everyone think. But um, I do believe 49ers is going to pick it up, uh, bring it out. But that boy that wears that helmet one five is a very special player. Is it based on the 49ers defense or the 49ers run game? Uh, both. Okay. I think like at the end of the day, football's football. No matter what, if it's 1930 or if it's 2020, you gotta be able to run the ball and you gotta be able to play defense. And um, that's that sounds like something Dave Gettleman would say. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a fantasy question real quick. You know, everybody takes you with their top pick all the time. When you're at a place like this, you see fans, you're around fans. How often do they walk up to you and they're like, "Hey, man, you won me man league," or "You're on my fantasy team." Do you get that a lot? Uh, I get a lot. Uh, last year, I, I won a lot of people their leagues. I guess you could say. Where are my year. checks? Yeah. This year, sure. I got hurt a little bit, so um, I, I, I probably disappoint a lot of people. But I picked it up towards the end of the year for them. But uh, yeah, I, I get that a lot. But um, you know. is that weird? It's not weird. It's, I think it's. I think it's awesome. Obviously, I think it could be. Uh, I think we could find better ways that you can actually have the the players interact and stuff like that. Also, that's yeah. a good um, call. But for me, like, I don't really pay too much attention to it. So I just like come off as like, thank you, I appreciate that, and um, but like, I'm not doing it for your points. I don't want football games, but um, so I, I think 
there's probably got to be some cool creative way we can interact with that in, in different ways. Well, the problem is people get on Twitter and they just like to they're trying to like say things that they just don't need to be saying. You know, what I mean, it's it's that's yeah. Twitter. Yeah, it's that's that, everything. That's Brinson. That's Brinson. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say the stuff. To yeah. the guy. Can I ask one last question? Yeah, uh, I think we have to wrap because we're uh, hard out. What were you going to ask? You asked it really fast. One thing that you feel like you need to improve on, I think it's nothing. But going into the offseason, what are your goals? Uh, to just obviously, I, I'm a big critic of myself, so I try to prove everything. Um, I try to en- enhance every part of my game: uh, pass pro, catching the ball, um, understanding the game. Uh, I think this this off season, uh, I, I asked Coach Franklin. Uh, I think he allowed me to come in. It's kind of like an intern, um, and I just want to see it from a coach's mindset, a uh, coach's view, um, just to understand the game a little bit more. So that's probably going to be the biggest thing I want to do is understand the game more. Um, because uh, when you when you when you bless with a lot of talent, you work hard for your talent. Uh, if you can just see the field at another level. Um, and take you to your game and go to another level love it saquon barkley awesome time man here for old spice make sure you buy old spice it's fantastic all right joined here on cbs sports hq will brinson pete prisco falcons owner arthur blank thank you for taking the time absolutely it's great to be here with you guys you do a wonderful job supporting our uh, league and uh love watching your broadcast when i can well, we we appreciate yeah. it, and uh, you know, look, you had a uh, fantastic close of the season. There's really right. no way to, to put it. Yep. Um, it felt like uh, midway through the year that there might be a lot of changes coming. Right. And you decided to be patient with your organization and patient with your coaching staff, and you have to feel a lot of momentum going into 2020, right? Yeah, I do, and I, I think that you know, um, I think give Coach uh, Quinn a lot of credit. His, his self self awareness. His basic humility. He was able to look at, you know, um, things he had done in the first half of the year that needed to be changed. He brought in two new coordinators. That's a big, big step. He was calling signals himself. That was a big step. Uh, he also was trying to be involved in the defensive line, trying to help them and what have you. So he was, he was doing too many things and spread too thin, I think. So unfortunately, it took us half the year to make the adjustments we had to make, and that's unfortunate. It's unnecessary, and I think he'd be the first to raise my hand and say it shouldn't, shouldn't have been that way. Um, but he did make the changes, and the team performed, you know, dramatically differently second half of the year, 6-2, and two, and we went from 31st in the league in defense to 8th, and, and we um, three important road wins against the Saints, which is always a hard place to play and win against Carolina when they were still competitive, and then against one of the teams competing here, the 49ers, went to San Francisco and had success up there. So um, I'm hoping that's the side of the team that we're going to see coaching staff players lead into 2020. And uh, with three picks in the first uh, two rounds, I think we're in a good position in the draft to do that. When you're an owner of a team and you're going through the tough times like you were going through early yeah. in the season, what are you like? How, how do you deal with that? <laughs> well, you, you um, I think... Um, you have to understand during a season as an owner what you can control and what you cannot control. And you, you've been in the business for a long time. And so um, I think it's important to continue to show the coach and coaching staff and the players you have confidence in them, uh, that they can turn things around. Uh, you want to always believe that. Sometimes you have reason to believe it. Sometimes you, you don't. In our case, I felt our roster going into the year should have been much more competitive than it was, and I felt our coaching staff should have been much more competitive than it was, et cetera. And uh, so I uh, had faith uh, and showed it and supported that. And I also looked, you know, there's no um, – the more changes you make, uh, you know, particularly midseason, there's not much gain by doing that, honestly. And, uh, 
And you look at the strength of uh, teams and sports, really in any sport, continuity is important. Continuity the right thing. So uh, my decision at the end of the season was to keep Coach Quinn and keep Thomas Dimitrov, our general manager, in place because of what I saw was a different kind of performance in the second half of the season and no reason to think there was nothing extraordinary that happened with any one player, no reason to think that that couldn't continue on into this year. And uh, so I'm optimistic going into 2020, and my reason is I think over half the season the team played at an extraordinarily high level. I would take that record, you know, that uh, 12 and 4 record, you know, if we double it, uh, almost any year, and be happy with it. Yeah, and it feels too. You mentioned continuity. I agree wholeheartedly with you. I think that NFL teams that try to change too often, too yeah. much, find themselves, you know, you're in a constant wheel. And yeah. I would say too that, like in the division. It looks like there could be a lot of upheaval. We don't know what Drew Brees is going to do yet. Right, we don't know, yeah. But yeah. the Panthers are really undergoing a yeah. lot of changes. Right, right. Tampa's quarterback situation yeah. is in flux. Yeah. And if Brees leaves, yeah. Yeah. And it feels like there yeah. might be a lot of optimism. Well, I mean, you know, we have to worry about ourselves. We've got to worry about our own roster. We've got to worry about winning games, et cetera. But I agree with all, all those <laughs> observations. They're all true. Um, so we we got to win our division. That's the most important thing in terms of getting to the playoffs and being in a position where you have a home field advantage. Uh, and then obviously uh, playing well throughout the playoffs. But we got to get to the playoffs, and I think that's where we feel strongly we should be this year and can be this year. Your quarterback Matt Ryan um, got the big contract, was an MVP. Yeah, I'm one of the biggest defenders of him out there. Yeah. But yet there's this perception that maybe he's not that guy. When you hear that, what do you say? Well, I, I you know, I, I, I think he is that guy. I mean, I think that Matt, you know, when you you uh, pass over 50,000 50, yards and you're 10th most uh, passing yards in the history of the league, he's a consummate uh, competitor, team leader. He's great in the fourth quarter, great when the game's on the line. I mean, the tighter the game gets, the more intense it gets, the uh, better he performs. Uh his uh, leadership with the players has uh, just gotten stronger and stronger over the years. Uh, he uh, he can be firm with them, um, and yet you know he's a great face of the franchise as well. So I, uh, Matt Ryan is not the reason we're not winning as often as as we would like to win, um, for sure. So many other teams would love to have him, but we're thrilled to have Matt. I got to ask you one thing: you're here at the Super Bowl. It's been a couple years. Right? Are you over? What happened in that game? Well, it was interesting. I was telling somebody earlier today, um, you know, probably for the, certainly immediately after the game and maybe for the year, year and a half afterward, one of the things, you know, I was concerned about is I've got to set the right example for our fans, for the coaches, for the players, for my family, for my children, my grandchildren. Um, so, you know, how do I handle adversity? How do I handle the loss? And what kind of example or role model am I going to be? Um, this year, I think, you know, it was interesting in seeing Kyle uh, with the success that he's had and uh, and thrilled for him that he's had it because he's earned it. Um, I think brought back some, some memories that, you know, maybe a little more painful than, than I would have liked. Um, just realizing how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl, and you've been in the business much longer than I've, I've been in the business, but, I mean, how hard it is to get there. And then to win is, you know, and then to have that opportunity to win with a 25-point lead, middle of the third quarter, um, it's really um, it's an experience that's very hard to get over. But, you know, you learn, you move on. There's no point in living in the past. There's nothing after you learn from it. There's no point in living there. Learn for today, learn for tomorrow, and move forward. And that's what I've done. This offseason 
feels like there could be some changes maybe coming in terms of rules and stuff. Is there anything that you guys of owners have, have looked at, uh, maybe whether it's pass interference? A well, our, our, team, a, our, oh, our team president, as you both know, is uh, Rich McKay, and Rich chairs the competition committee. He's, he's uh, co-chaired it or chaired it for 25 years. So um, what I've said to Rich, and I've said this to the commissioner as well, is that What's obvious to the fans mm. and what's obvious to the commentators and what's obvious now to retired referees, the senior referees very often, um, when they're watching these games, you can't tell everybody that they're crazy. And what they see is obvious is not being called or is being called, whatever the case may be. So I think there needs to be greater clarity and uh, greater uh, compatibility between what's obvious and what's seen and what's being called between the referees on the field in New York, et cetera. And uh, the technology is there today to do that. doesn't mean every play, but it does mean that on, particularly on these, you know, past interference calls, when they're called, when they're not called, et cetera, there are significant penalties sure. uh, and they make a huge difference in the game, often can make a huge difference in the game. So I think that that's something that just has to be what what's obvious to everybody else needs to be obvious to the NFL and to its referees. And it's not because of lack of trying, but I think they're pulled in different directions, and I think that pull-push has to stop, in my opinion. I agree. I think they need to put an eighth official on the field, too. Yeah, well, that, so that would only help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I in the sky, eighth official, whatever no, you need. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah. Both. Fix right. it. Yeah. We have such an investment in the players and the fans. I mean, and, and officiating such a big part of our game. You know, that, that it's, it's, it's a critical, you don't want, I mean, Roger often says this, we don't want to be talking about the officials after the games. Well, too often this year, we were talking about officiating after the games. And that's just not a good thing. That should stop. One last thing. One of the things yeah. we're, uh, talking about around the league with the CBA coming up is 17 right. games. A 17 game season seems to be the players are pushing back a little bit. Uh, do you think that gets done? Do you hope it gets done? Where do you, where are you on the 17? Well, I, I, I think, um, I think it's fine. I, I'm not, not opposed to the 17 games. I'm only opposed to it if, if the, if we don't do things that'll compensate to make sure the players health and safety is not the first consideration because we can't be saying that it is a major consideration, the first consideration, and then do something that's not consistent with that. So whether it be, you know, less preseason games, size of the roster, um, whatever we have to do to make sure that the players are going to be protected, um, I think is critical. I think that's, I, I, to me, that's a given. Otherwise, we shouldn't be considering uh, 17 games. But from what I understand, all those factors, and of course, the league continues to make improvements in, in rules, continues to make improvements in equipment. We're looking at a couple of helmets here. Uh, so, And the players, to their credit, are, are doing a better job at self-reporting uh, and uh, more sensitivity to, i got to go play no matter what. It's You know what? I'm hurt. I'm concussed. I'm not seeing things exactly right. You know, someone like Carson Wentz during a playoff game when sure. it's critical for him to be in the game, he said, you know, I'm seeing three things instead of one, and I need to get off the field. So I think that that kind of leadership uh, is is very important from a player perspective. We're seeing more and more of that. I agree completely. Uh, excellent points all around. Hey, we're looking forward to the Falcons this year. A I lot am of too. chance, a lot of yeah. chance for a big season. This thank you. And, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you for your time, Arthur. Thank you for thank your you. time. Appreciate it. I'm Will Brinson, John Breach, and we are joined now on behalf of Mountain Dew, Shaquille and Shaquem Griffin. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. <sighs> thank you for having us. How? What kind of rotate? Like, is this? Are you? Are we deep in the rotation in terms of media hits? Like, is this? The, are you fresh out of the box? Like, what's going on here? 
Um, I feel like we're just getting started. Okay. Fresh out the box. Um, I feel like this is just the beginning. I feel like we have a a lot coming right after this one. So um, yeah. yeah, we're just getting well, started. This well, you great. guys can you guys can hang out on the set. We'll relax and chat and do some fun stuff. What's the what's going on with the shirts? It looks like the shining situation. Yeah. So man, they had a commercial here. And it's all based off the shining and yeah, yeah. Paramount doing with Cranston, yeah, right? It's like drink him out yeah. and I'll kill you. Oh my goodness, he did <laughs> so some major job on the. But it, on the it's commercial. just that good. <laughs> it's just that good. So um, you know, yeah, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross also in the commercial. So uh, you know, and they also got the twins in the shining. So I feel like this was a perfect fit for us to join. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, to join them. So um, yeah, man, I feel like it was just awesome, man. I actually love the movie. So um. It's perfect. Oh, and they give the shirt. Scary good. Yep. And they give the shirt. I, I <laughs> That's good. So I definitely will be keeping the shirt as well. And so it's Mountain Dew Zero Sugar too, which is like uh yes. we're I think we're less we're, we're trying to go no sugar, right? That's yeah, the plan. No sugar, but yeah. it still got all the same taste. So you know that's what people look forward to. You know, you keep the same taste as the original, but no sugar. Um, you guys were born very close to each other. <laughs> <laughs> what what is what is it? I mean, like it's pretty insane that you guys are both doing this for a living. You made it this far. Like we we've all seen the emotional stories around the draft time, but like you get to walk around with your brother at like your like your two brothers. Like I can't even imagine. Like my brother's like, why don't you take me to the Super Bowl? I'm like, well, you need to learn how to write, <laughs> talk on camera. But like, how cool is it to get to do this together? Uh, definitely cheaper. Uh, <laughs> everything is literally cut in half. But you know, guys split a room. Uh, just fly down here together. Yeah, we, we actually drove. drove. Uh, oh, what's, oh, right. We split that, too. Even better. Uh, you split driving. You split the cost of eating. You split the cost of gas. Sometimes you'd be a little late sometimes and don't want to pump the gas. But, you know, that's, that's a different argument sometimes. But it makes everything easier. I know sometimes we argue about socks because you never know. You never truly know if you lost your sock or not. But he'll be the one to go take my sock because he lost one. I argue so, about iPhone chargers. Oh, yeah. It, it happens, man. That's, uh, this guy steals my battery all the time. The extra battery. He doesn't have the extra juice. It gets man. ugly. <laughs> my wife, my wife is like, I don't know, like, if she's a, like an elite, like, 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 she's an elite iPhone charger destroyer. And if she's listening, <laughs> hi, honey. Hi, Robbie. Thank you for watching. But like, she, I swear, we have, we used to have like 10 iPhone chargers and now it's like, like zero. And like, the cords don't work. It's unbelievable. This one. Yeah, I'm really? telling you. Really? This one. I have, my, I think I had my charger long for a long time. I feel. Um, Feel that way. Do you guys get in brotherly like spats? Oh yeah, uh, little disagreements, uh, little arguments, little disagreements, little arguments. You know, but more, uh, more like debates, <laughs> real long debates that goes over hours and no one wants to lose. That end up resulting in the same okay. thing. We end up breaking even. We we compromise and we figure out the way where it worked for both of us at the end. But the debates is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> we got handed uh, t-shirts in the middle of. Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. I like the colors. Wait, what is this? What does it say on the back? <laughs> I don't, these are awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you guys in the playoffs, speaking of things you get to do, you get to split things, the cost of things. You guys split the cost of Aaron Rodgers in a playoff game. Yeah. You both sacked him at the same time. <laughs> it was awesome. It was like, a, a, hey, but first of all, from like a schematic standpoint, it really showed, I think it gave the 49ers a good blueprint because you guys did the, I guess it was the loops. Yeah. Where you loop back in on him, right? And like, yeah. and, and the, the right, I feel bad for the right guard. He was not, <laughs> he was not prepared for what you guys were bringing that day. How fun was it to pull off a dual sack of a quarterback? Uh, it was, it was amazing because obviously I was looking for a sack for a long time. So just to be able to do that and not know it was my brother for like the first five yards we were celebrating, no idea. <laughs> Next thing you know, I look to my right and I see him doing the same exact celebration I'm doing. I said, we got to finish it strong. We have to finish it strong. So it made it that much more exciting that you didn't know until at the end of the entire play. And it's like people going crazy. 
Yeah. And it's right there, and people probably thought you guys planned it, and nope, you didn't even Not know it was next to you. I'm just glad we was on the same page because we really could have messed that celebration up. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, could have. It was, a, it was a, a prime time moment right there, and we, uh, we finished it perfectly. What, um, it, feel, it feels like, man, you guys were, you, you, you already set the record, Seahawks set the record for most, or tied the record, excuse me, I think it was like the 78 Chiefs or somebody, for most one score wins. I mean, was it, what kind of roller coaster was it like last year being on a team that was, Involved, like it, nothing was free, nothing was easy. Yeah. Everything's a nail biter. Yeah. Oh man, uh, everything had your heart racing every yeah. single time. So, um, but after a while, you got used to it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you kind of feel like you yeah. can win, though, yeah. right? You know, yeah. yeah, always. You know, you get a team who's up, you know, on us by two touchdowns, and we're on the sideline having a casual conversation, not panicking, you know, not, not troubled. And that's because we've been through it so many times. We've been battle tested. And we all have that same faith and belief that we're going to f- some way find a way to win this game. And when you have the whole team doing that after a while, those emotions, that anxiety, just, you know, your heart racing, you don't know what's going to happen, they all went away because we all believe in the same thing, that, you know, some some way, somehow, we're going to figure out a way to win this game. Now, when you see a team like the 49ers in the Super Bowl, you guys beat them in the regular season. You fell one inch short in that Week 17 game. Do you kind of look at it like, God, that could have been us? Uh, yep, all the time. <laughs> but um, by the way, um, he he spent all day yesterday reminding Scott Pioli that the Falcons lost twenty eight to three. The league, oh wow! And he's like, he's like, yes, I get it. Yes, he, you keep mentioning it. I'm the GM of the team. Like, uh, it. it's something you don't ever forget. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's one of them. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, also that was pass interference, by the way, in the end zone. Wasn't it? It was, but you know, it's it's a tough decision on the rough, you know, and I feel like that's the main thing. They try to find ways to make it easier on them, but it only get tougher. And you know, I can only imagine, you know, the type of job that they have, you know, refereeing a, a intense game like you know that one that we always put them through, at least for Seattle, these one score games. And I can only imagine the calls they have to make and make sure they make the right call. So it's always tough on them, but uh, you know, I tip my hat off to the you know San Fran for making it this far. You know, it's I always give credit when it's due. What what can the Chiefs do to slow down the 49ers run game? Because it is, it's not only like physical and fast, but it's so complex in terms of. They, I think they do like 90 percent of their snaps. They have motion, right? Uh, they they do all these. They pull the guards and they pull. You know, they pull everybody in all different kinds of ways. How how can Kansas City effectively slow that down? So. With San Fran being uh, um, an outside running team, they want to bounce everything to the outside. One, I will keep everything on the inside. Okay. Keep everything on the inside gaps. And I feel like what is most important is everybody has to stay, you know, gap sound. Everybody has to be in their gap. You know, I feel like that was the it's the simplest thing to do, but it's still hard because everybody is right there and saying, I can make this play. Let me be the one to make this save for my team. And it's not being selfish. It's, I got it. I can do it. Let me be the one to help this team. But if everybody just played their job, stay in their gap, this game can be a lot more simpler than most people think. All right, who do you guys think is going to win this game? Ah, dang. Hey. Really? Yeah, with your division uh, or the uh, – uh, If it's uh, San Fran's in our division, I'm going with the Chiefs. And then we got Frank Clark, got some boys over there that I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see ball out. So, yeah. you know, Frank's seen in San Fran a, a few times in his day. That's right. So this is going to be like a reunion for him. And so, and to make it. Frank Clark is, to, a, is a crazy man. Yeah, oh yeah. And to make this equal, I'm going to go with fun. San Fran. Okay. Father split, brother split. They're going to well, because you got to understand, I have my, my guy, a big brother to me, Richard Sherman, who taught me a lot of things to get me to where I am today. So, I want to see him do great. He ha- he has a heck of a story to come after a torn Achilles, the 
you know, to go into another team and, you know, have all these doubters against him to be where he's at today and being one of the best to do it. You know, of course I'm rocking with Richard Sherman, so uh, I'm going with San Fran. Let's make the sequel. We're going to take a break. We're going to get you guys out of here. (laughs) (laughs) The Griffin Brothers, you guys are wildly entertaining. You guys should get your own show. What do you think about that? Let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you for having me. Joined now by Jet Safety, Superstar Safety. I think you've moved into superstar status. Jamal yeah, Adams. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. It's a very good year for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know that like the Jets probably didn't do exactly what you guys wanted in terms of team success. Right. But you finished strong. And like, I mean, what are you gonna like your your quarterback got mono? Like yeah. that that's like that doesn't happen, right? Uh, yeah, it definitely uh caught us off guard when um you know Gase came in there and told us. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know what to expect. Some guys didn't even know what Mondo, Mono was. Uh, but, you know, obviously he came back and he finished strong, and we all did as a team. And um, we just got to stay healthy, man. That's the main thing. Did you guys kind of rag on him for that for a couple of weeks after oh, he got man. back healthy? Yeah, I mean, he's he, he still, you know, we give him a hard time till this day. Did you get any details about how he got to kissing? kissing man, he? I just told him, man, quit kissing the girl. <laughs> you know, hey, man, pick and choose which ones you want to kiss, man. So can I ask you about uh, Sam Darnold? Yep. So his progress, he came in as a highly drafted guy, and we saw fits and starts of how good he could be. Yeah. Struggled a little bit, and then people got down on him about the ghost thing with the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How good can Sam Donald be when he's laser-focused and has all the weapons around Sam, him? Sam is going to be outstanding. Um, Sam has improved each and every year. Um, I've seen it from the time that, you know, he stepped in. Um, he's going he's gonna to be an outstanding quarterback. Um, just, you know, keep working. That's all he's going to continue to do. Um, he doesn't complain. He just... He, he puts his head down and he goes to work. If he has a bad game, he's, that, that falling game, he's, he's going to continue to get better. Um, that's what it's about, man. So I'm, I'm happy to, you know, play with him. Okay. So you're a big guy, so I'm scared to like make you angry, but I do want to ask you about like the buzz that was happening last yeah. year because you're, you're like straight, you just straight up speak your, like you speak your mind in a really good forthright, honest way. At all way. times. And like yeah. you, you weren't happy that there were rumors of a possible trade, right. nor should you have been. It would be insane to trade you. You're really good at your job. <laughs> right, right. Where, where did things stand on that, and, and did, you, did everything get aired out on it? Yeah, everything everything's good. Um, obviously, you know, um, had, a, had a great talk with Joe, um, Mr. Mr. Woody, and, um, you know, Mr. Johnson. All of, the, all of those guys had, had great talks. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, man, it was about, you know, respect. That was my thing. Right. Um, everything was about respect. Um, you know, we, we could have had better communication between, you know, Joe Douglas and I. Um, but everything, everything's good, man. We squashed it. We're good. Well, let me ask you this kind of on that note. Uh, Jamal, you're probably one of the best NFL players to follow on Twitter. Uh, cause you it's do true. speak your mind. I think you got in a spat with Derek Carr's brother once, so you're not the only one, Brinson. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't see that because I'm actually blocked by all three. Brinson yeah, does yeah, that yeah, regularly, yeah. so don't be shy. Do you yeah. like Twitter because you can be so unfiltered and get, you know, your message out to the fans? I mean, t- you know, social media period, man, is about just being yourself, right? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I look back on it, I, I shouldn't even entertain them. <laughs> um, but when you, when you kind of cross the line, um, of a code, you violate code, you know, I kind of snap back, and I'm going to say what I want to say. Um, if you don't like it, you don't like it. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, man, I don't, I don't have any bad blood with anybody, man. It's all love. Um, it's all love and respect, man. Um, we, uh, I think we also, Ryan had mentioned the Rihanna tweet. I think we actually had the tweet that didn't show up there. Uh, if we put we have up, Rihanna right back there. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, did, you, did you hear back from her? Ah, man, but that tweet, it was booming, man. I, <laughs> I didn't know it was going to get a lot of, you know, uh, attraction. Uh, but, 
I'm kind of waiting on uh, to, you know, to hear back. Um, hopefully, I run into her. Um, so, you know, my time is coming. But that, the funny thing is that tweet blew up. If you're gonna shoot your shot, then you do it on Twitter, 100%. and all of a sudden that thing was everywhere. Yeah, I, I didn't exactly. I didn't uh, expect it to blow up like that, but hey, it did. And hopefully, she's seen it, man. That's that's the main thing. Just just to get into the door. Uh, it, hey, so you have been to the Pro Bowl twice. Yeah. First team All Pro in 2019. Yeah. You've played three years in the NFL now. That means you're eligible for a new contract. Correct. Do you think that you will get a new contract this offseason? And if not, should you get a new contract? I think I should be extended. Um, I think that, um, you know, for my status and what I've done for, for the organization, I've done everything right, um, everything they've asked me to do. Um, I've done it at a high level, um, you know, and I, I've proven year in, year out that I'm the best safety player in the game right now. So um, very diverse in what I can do. I can do everything on the field and, um, you know, I, ho- I ho- hopefully they extend me. Um, that's that's the plan. That's the plan. So uh, I know the answer to this question when I ask you because there's a conversation during the fall about DBU, Ohio State, Florida, come on, LSU. Yeah, yeah, come on. What makes LSU such a great? First of all, why is Florida even stepping in here? What, what's what's happening? With I don't this know. Florida business. I have like, no idea. I, <laughs> like, I, you I, have, I, two, little, I play with two guys, Marcus May and Brian Poole, and <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand <laughs> why they get in the conversation. They, they they would they would get mad at me right now, man. And we'll go back and forth. So. so what makes LSU such a great place to cultivate these defensive yeah. backs who come to the NFL and dominate? I think it's just the mentality, man, that we we play with and we're we're kind of raised uh, to to play with. Um, you know that place is a very special place um you know lsu made me who i am today mentally physically um the player i am uh, just being around the coaching staff being around guys that could be in the nfl coaching um that, yeah. that impact kids lives on and off the field uh, that's what it's about so um and you know at the end of the day we are dbu it's never going to change um the track record speaks for itself is florida even third in your dbu list i don't even talk about florida man. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I really florida, don't understand I, it i don't bring up Texas, Ohio State, I don't think I'm none of them, man. It's not even close. It's not close. You guys played the Bills the opening week. Uh, I yeah. think you had 16 nothing. Was it frustrating seeing them make the postseason? Was there kind of a sense like, hey, that could have been yeah, us? Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, blowing that lead uh, wasn't ideal. Um, golly, that was, a, that was a big game. It was a big turnaround as far as energy, momentum. Um, who would have thought Sam would go down with Mono after that? Yeah. Well, obviously, he was playing with Mono the week one. I wasn't feeling good, so through all the adversity, man, it was it was just crazy. You look back on certain games that you expect to win and you should win, uh, but we didn't get it done. Um, and if you don't get it done, that you're not going to be in the postseason. You feel like this team now has some consistency going into you know and that hadn't been a thing in New York for a yeah. while, right? Like you right. got consistency on both sides of the ball. I mean, you lose a guy like Leonard Williams in, in the trade. I, I think he's going to end up being a free agent though, and, and yeah. get a chance to explore. Uh, but you got nice. Robbie Anderson might check out the market as he should right, right, but you got some nice right. pieces on both sides of the ball right. how good can this team be next year i mean man you just got to keep uh keep bringing in certain players man that we need to to fill these holes and um obviously we need to protect sam more um obviously we need to get better um all around um front whatever it is it, do, it doesn't matter we need to get better period uh, we need to bring guys in we need to bring some big names in and uh hopefully turn this thing around simple as that so it feels like well, this has been the case. The Patriots and Tom Brady have been atop the AFCs for almost, it feels like forever. Right. Um, number one, would you be okay if Tom Brady left New England? 
Oh man, I don't. It don't bother me, man. At the end of the day, man, it would definitely, you know, help us. <laughs> happy that if he yeah. wasn't there in our division, but um, I have so much respect for him. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I agree that I think he should take his time and look for different opportunities, man, to get his worth. Um, he's done everything they've asked him to do. Um, he doesn't complain Below about market money. value too. Yeah, I mean, he gets he gets paid, you know, very low. Um, he should be the highest paid. In the league, period, uh, for what he's done, championships to MVP. I mean, the list goes on and on. He's 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 the best doing it. So, um, but he, you would feel okay going into 2020 if the Jets didn't have to worry about seeing him twice a year. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, that's you, you'd be crazy <laughs> if I'd be crazy if I said right, I, right. I wouldn't. You know what I mean? So, um, it's gonna be interesting to see where he's gonna land, man. How do you think this? How do you think this? Uh, we'll weave these two together. It's a two-part question. One, because this is the hundredth anniversary of the right. NFL, as noted by your. Extremely cool Beautiful new hat. era hat yeah, here. For sure. Uh, so this is a commemorative spot that New Era is doing. You can see uh, this feels like it's very heavy. It is. It's an actual bit. football. Yep. Leather. Uh, you Wilson got the. Leather. You got some some. I don't the know, hundred uh, season patch. Some yeah. bling. A nice little uh, W on here yeah, for the Duke. Yeah, for the Wilson man. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a beautiful hat, man. Yeah. Uh, we collab with Wilson, obviously. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> yeah, he's a Wilson. Dude. Ryan Wilson. <laughs> we collab with him, and um, you know we made a beautiful hat. Um, I, I this is my first time seeing it in person, and I think it's a it's a very nice hat. Um, can go with a lot of lot of things. Obviously, I got lucky, man, today. And I'm yeah, that is a nice match, look. It, yeah, it all matches matches my fit a little bit. So well, so the big cool. we got we got the Super Bowl coming, and they're celebrating the anniversary of New Era. I'm curious how you think this game plays out. And there's some really interesting defensive backs in it as well, like yeah. Richard Sherman, of course, one of the greatest. Yeah, yeah. And the Honey Badger, right? Your LSU boy, right? How are they going to slow down San Francisco? And do you think he can be the type of guy who flips this game? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game. Put it like that. Um, San Fran's. D-line is going to play a big part in this game uh, if they can slow down Pat because uh, obviously he can scramble and whatnot. Um, and, you know, Pat, Pat and his team, they, get, they got some explosive weapons, put it like that. Um, they can score anytime they want to. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a real good matchup, man. I, I'm looking forward to seeing San Fran's defense go against the offense. I think that's the matchup I want to see. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Who wins? I don't know, man. I got, I got, I got boys, close friends on both sides. I can't even pick. <laughs> They're gonna yell at me in my ear until I get a pick from you. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. Honestly, it's 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 gonna be a good game. You're I wearing think. red, you're wearing yellow. No, I nah, he came nah, out nah, nah, nah. I think it's gonna, you know, the bet, the bet, the, the best two teams are playing right now. Obviously, um, it's gonna it's gonna be a hell of a matchup, man. I'm looking forward to it. Right, you did a good job escaping that. All right, that's Jamal Adams, one of the best safeties in the game. Uh, this is like two years in a row now where they've decided to let us sit up here for an hour and talk about football and interview big-time celebrities like Tariq Cohen, myself, Will Brinson here, John Breach, Ryan Wilson, and as we mentioned, Tariq Cohen. We're down here in Miami at Super Bowl 54 LIV. Tariq, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, this is – is this Super Bowl, like, like number two for you, like, in terms of making the big – Three. Three. You've you yeah, done, you done the full My tour third. three times? Yeah. That's a lot of That's a lot of media hits. What do you think about it? Uh, it's a lot, like you said, but, uh, <laughs> I feel like when it gets routine, when you get in the flow of things, you get going. What, um, how do you think next year is going to look in terms of, you know, your usage? Because I think, I think to me, you're so unique as a player, a guy like, cause in college, you, like, you ran between the tackles a ton. Yeah. And like you, how many carries you had? Like 1500 carries? Dude? I don't even know. It was, it was a lot, dude. Uh, but like, you're, you, when you get, getting you in space, so dynamic and explosive, uh, do you think there'll be an uh, emphasis on doing that more next year as, as try to open up the offense? Oh yeah, I think so. Uh, definitely. I didn't have the season I wanted this year, so I feel like, you know, that's going to be a, 
uh, a main thing to incorporate next year, you know, me getting the ball more in open space. And uh, that's why I got to, you know, grind harder this offseason than ever before. Well, you guys like let go of Mark Elfrick this offseason, hired Bill Lazor. Have you got a chance to talk to him and, and kind of what his vision is for you in the offense? Uh, no, I haven't met him yet. So I'm really looking forward to that, to see what he thinks about me and to see how, you know, he wants me to play this year. So uh, to talk about the offense, what do you guys need to do differently going forward? Because the offensive, I don't know if it's the offensive line, but the running game wasn't yeah. 2019 what we saw in 2018. And it's you and David Montgomery. How are you guys going to work together looking ahead to 2020? Uh, we're definitely going to try to, you know, get that on the roll earlier this season than uh, what we did last year. Uh, we felt like we didn't have identity for the main part of the season, and uh, that's what prohibit, prohibited our offense from, you know, being a good offense. So uh, when we get that going, the run game opens up everything else. So Mitchell Trubisky catches a little bit of flack out there in uh, the public. Like the, the Chicago yeah. newspapers got on him all before the season. Do you think he's capable of taking a big leap forward in 2020? Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like he's already, you know, the type of quarterback that we need to make it to the big game. Uh, you know, just the record travels with the coach and the quarterback. And, uh, you know, no matter what they do, it's always going to travel with them. It could be the other players making the mistakes, but, uh, you know, it's always going to come down to the quarterback. Mm. Have you seen? Do you feel like he's gotten better each season? Like, is it noticeable improvement to you? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you can tell by you know the on-site adjustments, uh, at the line of scrimmage adjustments when he can't hear Coach Nagy, him just doing things on instinct, and uh, just his overall knowledge about the game. So you're from Bun, North Carolina. I'm yeah. from Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. He's from Raleigh, North Carolina. Don't worry about where John's. I traveled to North <laughs> is Carolina. Bun, once. Is Bun nine one zero or nine one nine? Nine one nine. Oh yes, we had nine one nine in the house. Yeah, that's right. Outside. All nine one nine back yeah. in the day. You went to. A&T? Yep. NCA and T. Yeah. So what was that transition going from that? You got drafted fourth round? Yeah. To the NFL and seeing guys you've been watching just a year before. How, cause you made that transition overnight. How did yeah. you do that? Cause I would imagine at some point you're like, I know that guy from television. Yeah. It's, it was still crazy, you know, playing against the guys that you was fans of. Like, uh, in the pre I played against Tyron Matthew. <laughs> big fan of him. And then it was like, dang, I'm playing against the Honey Badger now. <laughs> so it was still like culture shock, but, uh, but then you know he's like, Honey Badger gonna knock my head off. I'll right. come out here and play football. So you, it, you get adjusted quick. So last week I was at the Senior Bowl and sometimes you see players from smaller schools overwhelmed. How did you overcome being overwhelmed in that moment and just started playing right away? I feel it was my, uh, competitive nature. You know, I wanted to be the best no matter where I came from. So I was like, yeah, I got to show them who I am. So I'm going to just get out there and play my hardest. Was there a spot where maybe your rookie year you got out on the practice field and you're like, all right, I can definitely compete with these guys. Uh, that's not going to be an issue. Uh, it was that game uh, that I played against the Cardinals. Uh, the running back in front of me, Jordan Howard, had got poked in his eye, so he didn't travel to the game. And I had to start. And that's usually the first quarter, like the first two series, is when the ones are playing from both teams. So I got a little taste of the ones for the Cardinals, and uh, I did good. So I knew I could play then. Hey, uh, yeah, when you, when you look at this Super Bowl matchup, like, you know, there's so many different, like, which, which, is the 49ers defense that much better, you think, than the Chiefs defense when you look at it? Cause I think the Chiefs are underrated. Like, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, yeah. guys who can stop the run. And then, like you mentioned, Honey Badger, that dude flies around and he lays wood on people. Uh, how, do you think it's maybe a little bit closer than people believe or is the, are the 49ers that much better? Yeah, I feel like the 49ers have a great defense, but, uh, it, that's not to say that the Chiefs have a bad defense. Like right, right. They're, they're good also, and uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. What um, 
if you're the Chiefs' defense, how would you go about trying to stop that Kyle Shanahan running game? Like, what? Because you see so many intricate like moves of their offensive line. The, yeah. Raheem Mostert so explosive. Is there any way that they can do that from a, like a like a schematic standpoint or a tactical standpoint? Like, what would what makes it hard for you when you see a defensive approach like that? Uh, I really feel like it's going to come down to the players more than the scheme. I feel like it's going to have to be you know them just. Coming with it and just uh, bringing it to the O-line and to the tight ends. You know, you can't let George Kittle get a hold of you. We've seen how good of a blocking tight end he's been. So uh, I feel like it's just going to be the attitude. You guys got to play the Chiefs toward the end of the season, yeah. and that was actually one of their best defensive performances of the season. Yeah. And I think that's kind of uh, maybe people are overlooking that aspect of their team because, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the offense, get all the headlines. What was your take on playing their defense, uh, you know, at week 16, I think it was? Uh, I feel like their defense is just uh, all about momentum. You know, when they get that first three and out, it's really contagious. You can see them flying around the field, and everybody wants to be the next guy to make a play. And, uh, you know, they led by Tyron Matthew, who's just the soul of that defense, and uh, he just got that big dog mentality about him. And when you spread that around, you know, anything is possible. So how critical is it to have that defense you can lean on like the, uh, the 49ers have? Because last year the Bears' defense was the best defense yeah. uh, in the league and uh, helped you guys obviously get through that season. Uh, when the defense isn't on point every single play that puts more pressure on the offense is that something the 49ers can lean on or is this going to have to be something where Garoppolo takes over at some point I feel like uh some games you know you can lean on that defense but it's going to come a time where your offense has to step up and uh, I feel like the 49ers has the type of offense that's you know been able to step up and uh, I feel like Jimmy G is definitely capable of that all right well so who do you think is actually going to come out and win this game uh I play offense so I'm I like I wanted to be a shootout <laughs> yeah yeah and then I like the weapons that the Chiefs have, so I'm going for the Chiefs to win. All right, and uh, tell us, you got uh, you did a little work with Polaris Slingshot. Oh yeah, while you're down here at the Super Bowl, what's uh, what's going on with that? I've been driving the new 2020 Slingshot. Uh, that's a really good endorsement, by the way. Yeah, that's a fun <laughs> endorsement. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? uh, any any speed demon would definitely want to get his hands on one. <laughs> uh, you know, it's an automatic transmission now. Uh, previously, it was only standard transmission. Oh really? Yeah, now it's automatic. Anybody so can now drive you can, it. Now you can drive. I it. can't drive standard, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I, I to learned hear it that. one day on YouTube, so <laughs> yeah, so it was easy. But uh, yeah, people can also. Enter, you know, for a chance to win one. Go to PolarisSlingshot.com, and you enter uh, It's Automatic, and you automatically put yourself in uh, sweepstakes. That's awesome. Are we uh, eligible? I might sign up. Can we, are we eligible, or since we talked to you, we're not eligible? <laughs> I think you definitely are eligible. <laughs> I don't okay. know how many times the limit is either. How many times you can? <laughs> oh, oh, really? Go in that I can make a bunch of email accounts. I'm going to sign yeah. up a few times. Hey, let me uh, let me ask you this. So, like, with um, are there any like other players you see? And like, I. I, I I don't want to use a pejorative term like like a gadget player, like because yeah. I think that it gets used around the NFL when people talk about like you or Tyreek Hill. Because like if you're not a big traditional you know running back like a Derrick Henry, but you guys are so explosive in space. Uh, who else really kind of fits that mold as like a modern? Because to me, it's like and Pete Prisco coined the term airback, but yeah. it's like. It's like this modern NFL approach where you can catch the ball. You're so dangerous running routes. Like, do you yeah. see like a Taysom Hill guy uh, being like the the next level of that because he can throw the ball? Are there any other guys that come to mind? Uh, I feel like definitely, like you said, Taysom Hill. You know, the many things he can do. He's out there blocking punts, and then next thing you know, he's throwing a touchdown. So it's just crazy. And I feel like it's a lot of players that can do that. And I feel like the way the league's shaping up now, you're going to start seeing more players like just doing more things than just one position. For example, like offensive linemen catching touchdowns. So yeah, you never know what's gonna happen. That's right. All right, Tariq Cohen, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. Yeah. Best of luck. Looking forward to seeing you next year. Nine one nine. Oh yeah, in the house, man. Appreciate it. All right.